Hey, hey, welcome to Moments with Deru podcast, a space where you will be encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. So wherever you're tuning in from, I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. So let's dive into today's conversation. Today's guest stared fear in the face. She also knows how to transform fear into unexpected gratitude. As a wife and mother of two children, she knew after being diagnosed with an advanced form of breast cancer that she had to do everything in her power to find a path to recovery. Welcome onto the show, Erica. Thank you so much, Mathoni. It's great to be here. So before we talk more about the word that you selected, what's your earliest childhood memory? Oh, my earliest childhood memory. That's always tricky for me because I don't know if I remember things or if I remember seeing the photo of a thing. <laughs> but I, I think maybe I remember my third birthday. Um, my birthday's in June. And I wanted, my parents were asking me, what do you want for a present? And I think they expected me to say dolls or some kind of toy. And I told them I wanted a pineapple and a Christmas tree. And that was what I got. Um, they, they went and dug up a small pine tree from a, a forest nearby and um, gave me a pineapple. And I think that's the, the thing I remember the earliest in life. <laughs> it's so interesting, the memories that we remember and hold on to. So as a young girl, what was your biggest dream or what are your aspirations and how did you navigate to get to this point? I would say that, I'm, so I'm the youngest of nine children. And so I had a lot of role models in my life. I had parents, I had my siblings. I also had a lot of cousins who lived right across the street. And I saw a lot of people and what they were doing with their lives. And so I know for sure that my college choice was very much inspired by where my sisters and my dad had gone to college, uh, which was Kent State University in Ohio. And so I think I grew up just always sort of knowing that's where I would go and what I would do. Um, as far as choosing the public relations and marketing field for my career, I think that from a very young age, I was very communicative. I like to talk. I like to write. I always had pen pals when I was little. I was always looking for reasons and ways to write. And I knew that was something I always enjoyed doing. And so I think that those kinds of things inspired me to get into this field. And as far as becoming an author, um, I do have my first book coming out in June. I think that what inspired me to move in that direction was, um, well, to be honest, when I first thought of it, I got cold feet. Um, I, I started writing the book and then I put it away for about three years because I thought no one would care. I thought this was a topic no one wanted to hear more about cancer, breast cancer. We hear so much, but the more I thought about it, the more I guess I realized that I, I felt like sharing my story was part of expressing the gratitude that I felt throughout my experience. And so I think that that 
has is what led me here to today. You know, it's interesting when we go through difficult challenges, one of the things that doesn't arise for many of us is gratitude. So how, that, how did that arise within you during your journey of recovery? And how has it benefited the people around you? So I would love to be able to take credit for it all on my own, but I think we all know that that's rarely ever the case. I had a fantastic therapist that I worked with throughout all of my treatment, recovery and beyond. And that's something I talk about in the book too, is these complementary therapies that I did because the oncology treatments were necessary, but the, the complementary treatments were what made me healthy enough and, and sane enough to actually endure the oncology treatments. So I started seeing this therapist shortly after I was diagnosed and she said to me one day, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, I was healthy. I was 43. I was a wellness coach and liked to do yoga and run and all these things. And, you know, the thought that kept coming up, not only within me, but lots of other people was like, wow, how did you get this? You've been so healthy. You've always cared about your health. And, you know, you quickly realize like that has almost nothing to do with why someone gets cancer or who gets cancer. And so my therapist said to me, you know, do you think you could find a way to accept this diagnosis as something that you chose? Not that I invited it on myself or that it was something I quote deserved, but she said, think of it as, you know, someone who decides to climb Mount Everest and when they're sitting at home, this sounds like a great idea and it's exciting and you anticipate this. And then you get out there on the side of the mountain and struggles start to become real. And you might be experiencing hypothermia or not having enough oxygen, all of those kinds of things. And if you start to imagine that these obstacles are not something that you chose, but instead something that someone did to you or something that happened to you, it becomes so much harder than if you just accepted, well, I chose this. This is something I wanted to do and I have to find a way to get through this. So she said, you know, if you can find a way in your mind to, you know, radically accept that you've been given this diagnosis and not, not that I had to accept everything about it, but that the diagnosis itself was there and there were certain things I had no control over and just accepting those. And then for the things that I didn't have to simply accept, you know, maybe find a way, uh, you know, to navigate those challenges for myself. So I credit her um, for helping me come up with this way of coping. And as far as the other part of your question with how did this affect the people in my life? You know, at the time, my kids were 16 and 13. And so, you know, teenage years are difficult. This is a time when you know, kids are looking at you for, you know, how's mom responding to this? Is she crying and despondent and hiding in her room? You know, so I had to really think about what message am I sending to my kids about how we face adversity and what am I teaching them? And not just, not just for myself and how do I get through this, but what do they learn from this? And um, my daughter is someone who's a, a little more communicative with me. And she says now, like, 
man, mom, you, you know, you killed it. Um, I'm so proud of you. Just the way you handled this is, you know, very inspiring. And, you know, so I, um, I know that it had an effect on them, a very positive effect, even though we were all scared when it first happened. I'm sure you are all scared. And it's great to know that your children took lessons from this experience and were inspired by how you navigated through it all. And one thing that stands out for me is choice. So choosing to be joyful, choosing to be grateful. So what does gratitude mean to you? So I think the gratitude for me means not just being happy when I get something I wanted, but really appreciating the things that I already have in my life down to the smallest thing, because we can sort of overlook things that we think are silly, silly to be grateful for, like what I'm supposed to be grateful for my contact lenses. I'm supposed to be grateful that I had a brush in my car to remove the snow from the windshield this morning. Well, yes, because if you didn't have those things, you know, they, they become bigger problems. And so I think that expressing gratitude for those things and really appreciating those things in your life makes you, it, it, it's, it's a snowball effect. Um, the more you're grateful for, the more you have to be grateful for, and you realize the things in your life that you already have. And, you know, it, it, it's not simply what I have, but sometimes it's things I don't have or things that I lost. Um, you know, sometimes now I have an, uh, an opportunity, I'll say, to be without electricity because I live in rural Montana and sometimes the power goes out during a blizzard and I can't get on my computer. I can't pick up my phone. I can't get on the internet, watch TV, whatever it is. And you start to appreciate that time. It's like, wow, I have the time now to maybe go for a walk, play with the dogs, have a talk with my husband, whatever it is, um, and not get embroiled with the electronics. And, and that leads to a greater realization for me is like, how much of my time do I maybe numb myself by just playing a game on my phone or scrolling through social media? So sometimes it's gratitude for things you don't have, um, including when I went through my cancer treatment, there were some people who I thought would be there. Uh, friends that I had had that I thought would be right by my side, who I had no hesitation whatsoever to tell about the diagnosis, and then came to realize like these people sort of faded out of my life. And that's okay because it made room for other people, these blessings that came in. Um, and so I began to become grateful for that. You know, you've mentioned something like most of us, when we go through adversity, we hope that certain people will stay in our lives, but they fade away. So how would you encourage someone who's going through some form of adversity and they're seeing people fading away or things that they were um, enjoying fade away? How would you encourage them to just know that all is not lost and new things are coming their way? So... For me, I, I think it's important to, um, it was important for me to reach out to these people and say, I feel this drifting away. 
Is there a reason? Is there some way I can help? And sometimes it's, there's nothing you can do and you have to just allow it to go. So my therapist would talk to me about uh, trying to grasp a fistful of water. You can't, when you, when you grab so hard at something that you want, it just simply slips through your fingers. And so she would say, imagine yourself being the vessel and being able to contain what it is that is meant to be for you. So don't keep trying to hang on to those things, um, whether it's the people in your life that you feel slipping away, or perhaps it's activities that you used to do that you can't, or you know whatever it is uh, that, that makes sense for you or is happening to you, um, gracefully allow it to go. It doesn't mean forget about it, but, but maybe, you know, what I did was I would say, thank you out loud, not to the person or to the thing, but just like, thanks for being there when you were, you know, I appreciate that you had been here. And I understand that this isn't going to continue for us. You, you don't go on this journey with me and I don't go on yours with you, but thank you for being there when you were and let it go. And you become more, I think, aware. It makes you not a bitter person because I think sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, I can't believe this person ditched me when I needed them the most. Um, and it, I think it allows you to be just a little bit more of a gracious person. That is so true. Grace and just going with the flow of life. As I, I really like that analogy. You can't hold water in your hand in a fist. It'll just keep dripping away and it will just, you know, run away from you. So the title of your book is Cancer and Other Things I'm Grateful For, How Self-Advocacy and Integrative Medicine Led to Holistic Healing. Tell us a little bit about this book that's about to come out in June. Yeah, happily. So the book started before I knew it was going to be a book, to be honest. When I was first diagnosed, I started writing a blog because I have a large family, like I mentioned, and a lot of friends who were all around the globe. And I wanted to keep everyone updated on what was happening because I was getting phone calls and texts and I just couldn't keep up with everything. It was, I was getting really exhausted. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll just start writing a blog so I can put it out there and everyone will know, people can comment and I don't have to lose my voice anymore trying to take all these phone calls. And so that's how it started. And I realized you know, shortly into maybe after my first chemo treatment that it was starting to become more of a processing mechanism for me. And then as treatment went on, it became more and more because the, the treatments that are just coming at you so fast and the, you experience the side effects and the brain fog and the, the memory loss and things that happen from chemotherapy and I, I was glad to have written it all down because I think there were things I really would have forgotten. When I go back and read some of these early posts, I'm like, oh, I've forgotten about that. And I'm so glad I wrote that down. And yes, that was frustrating. Or yes, that was fantastic or whatever it was. And so um, I kept this blog and I didn't write in it every day, but it, it did become somewhat of a diary or journal for me. And when... I had friends, of course, unfortunately, there are always people out there who know someone who's either getting diagnosed with breast cancer or undergoing it. And they would say to me, hey, can you talk to this person? 
they're about to have a mastectomy and they're about to start radiation. And I would talk to them, but I also always give them my blog link and say, maybe read some of this. This might be helpful. And so I got feedback from people that would say, you know, hey, I like that. Uh, that was helpful. Um, so glad you wrote that down, that sort of thing. And so I got the idea that maybe I should adapt this and put it into a book. And I, like I mentioned before, I started to do it and then I put it away for many years. I didn't know if anyone would care. I didn't know how to publish a book. Um, so it wasn't until 2022 when my husband said to me, hey, I have a former colleague who just published a book and maybe you could talk to her about how it went. And, and so um, that's what I did. And that's that's the the process I've taken to get here. So yeah, the book is, I mean, I think the title says it fairly well. I think there are some people that look at me and say cancer and other things you're grateful for. So you're grateful for cancer. <laughs> someone said to me the other day, I think I would punch someone if they told me I should be grateful for cancer. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And I get that. It doesn't sound right when you think about it. But the fact is, um, at first, I'm not naive. I know very personally that cancer is a serious disease. I lost my mother-in-law to pancreatic cancer more than 20 years ago. And my mom also had breast cancer more than 20 years ago. And now she's dealing with colon cancer that she will not survive. So I get it. I understand. I'm not naive. I don't, I don't believe that, um, that this is a fantastic thing. However, my experience is something I'm extremely grateful for. And because I know firsthand and very painfully that not everyone gets cured of cancer, that gives me all the more reason to be grateful for the fact that I was. And I don't know a way to be grateful for where I am and not be grateful for literally everything that got me here. That is so powerful because everything that we have gone through has made us reach this point in our particular lives. So you can't subtract something and wish something away. All of it has added up to be this thing that we are living in right now. So you have two children. They've seen you overcome this challenge. What else would you want them to learn from you or learn about life? Wow, um, there's so much I would love for my kids to learn about life. One of the things that sticks in my mind is uh, when I was going through cancer treatment, my integrative medicine specialist, his name is Butch Levy, he was amazing. I was talking to him about this question. My daughter was going through, I think, you know, SAT testing and deciding where she wanted to go to college. And I was thinking, you know, she doesn't know what she wants to study. And he said, you know, I think more important than what she studies is just being a decent human being. We need more of those. And that has really stuck with me. So I feel like I care far less about what my kids do for money, what they, you know, how they make their living. I want them to be happy and productive people, but I also want them to be kind people who are decent human beings um, and who maybe learn from me too, that gratitude isn't just something that you walk around going, thinking to yourself, I'm so thankful. 
but do something with your gratitude. Help other people um, do something for yourself that expresses how grateful you are for the things you have or the things that you can do. Um, don't just be glad that you made it through an ad- adverse experience, but um, you know, get up and go for a run because it's something that you can do and not just sit around and watch TV, you know, those kinds of things. I want my kids to see that, um, I guess, gratitude is an action. Oh, yes, I could not add anything to that. Gratitude is an action. Everything is a choice. But the thing is this, will you apply that choice that you have chosen to do? So you've written this book. Are you going to write more? Or is it one of those um, things that you've said, I've done this, that's all I'm going to do? Now I've thought about that. I think that there is a lot more to say on the topic of cancer and gratitude. I also think that the more I dive into this book and share the contents with people, the more I realize how many facets there are. And I mean, you and I are talking about one word today. And there are so many things. I mean, I feel like I could write a book on the complementary therapies of the integrative medicine that I employed. I feel like there's more to say about holistic healing and how, you know, the mind and body really have to be connected because when you fight against something, I think it was Carl Jung, he said, uh, who said, what we resist persists. And so this resistance between mind and, and body, you know, we, I did not want the diagnosis of cancer, but finding a way to sort of yoke the two and, and bring them into union is something that um, I personally would like to explore more. So I think that even on this topic, yes, there could be more things. But as I mentioned before, I really like writing. And I think that there are other things I could write about. Um, I, I feel like there are some you know, interesting stories in my life, um, you know, people in my life where I came from and uh, just other things that have gone on that, that, that could be interesting to explore in the future. Fantastic. So we're going to switch gears a little bit and I'm going to ask you random questions. Don't overthink it. Okay. <laughs> so the first one is, would you rather have 10 hobbies or one passion? 10 hobbies. Nice. When do you feel the most in control? Oh, do I ever feel in control? Um, (laughs) When do I feel most in control? I guess when I'm doing something that I really enjoy. Nice. If you could have the world's attention for 30 seconds or one minute, what would you say? I think I would probably have to say that the thing that's most important is being your own advocate, no matter what. I think about that when I think about my medical journey, but I also think about that just in daily life. I think it's important to know in yourself who you are and what you want and not be afraid to go for that. And sometimes being your best advocate doesn't mean always standing up on the chair and shouting out what you need, but 
it can just be a quiet resolve within yourself to know um, who you are, what you're going for, and why. So important, so important. And how do you want to be remembered? Hmm. I guess I would like to be remembered maybe as a happy person who helped make other people around me happy. I think that I, I love being the host at Christmas time. I love when my kids and my sister come there. Um, I like creating happy experiences for people. So I think that would be a great way to be remembered. Awesome. And you shall be remembered that way. So as we wind down this conversation, is there anything else that you'd still want to share? I don't think so, Mathani. I think we covered it. I think that, um, you know, there, there are a lot of things we could say and go on for hours and hours, but um, I think this is a great start to the conversation. And I thank you so much. I'm grateful for being here today. Awesome. You know, it's, I'm, I'm always, what's the word? I, I can't quite find the word, but I am always, yes, I always acknowledge those people who are grateful because I also live in that space of being grateful. We shouldn't take anything for granted. Every challenge is a lesson. Every mistake is something that we can gain wisdom from. So thank you so much for taking the time for being on this podcast. And truly, I wish you all the best on your journey. Thank you, Mathani, and same to you. So dear listeners, I hope you've picked one or two things from this conversation. For me, it's don't hold tightly to things. Just let things go, let things flow, and the right things will stay in your life. And if not, new things will come. So until the next episode, continue being brave.